Do you ever wonder how great leaders in the community make things happen? When they encounter new unexpected challenges like a pandemic, how do they continue to successfully make an impact? Welcome to That Sounds Terrific, the podcast that connects you with these amazing people. Get insights on what they do to meet their goals. Find out how you can help them in their mission and learn their methods so you can be more successful at what you do. Welcome to That Sounds Terrific with host Nick Koziel. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of That Sounds Terrific. I'm your host, Nick Koziel, and joining to me is the, my terrific guest, Whitney Skeens. She's the Senior Program Manager in Electric Vehicles at National Grid. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Nick. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's I know. It's it's great yeah. to reconnect. It's great to get this episode started because I know we've had a couple false starts with scheduling and everything and mostly all my fault. So I apologize for that, but I'm glad we're finally doing it because you've got a lot to share about electric vehicles and what you're doing. And uh, why don't you just give us a little overview of like, you know, your position uh, at National Grid and um, how you kind of came to that and what you're doing. Thanks. Yes. Uh, very exciting. I've been with National Grid since April of 2021. So just uh, under two years, and every day has been an absolute sprint. I manage their electric vehicle charging incentive for our business customers. Uh, we are the electric service provider for a, a large share of upstate New York. So my region is Western New York, uh, where I live and play. And this is a really exciting role because I am able to connect with community with our business leaders uh, that are looking to be a part of the clean transportation future mm -hmm. and offer their visitors, uh, their employees, uh, their shoppers, and uh, you know, lots of other segments, um, EV charging. So we are excited. I've, I've been out in the field quite a lot doing re uh, outreach and just doing a lot of education and um, translation of this opportunity and answering a lot of questions about EV driving experience, about charging, uh, you name it. Mm -hmm. Lots of, uh, of opportunity to fill the gaps and bust the myths. There are many myths out there. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's it's a really hot button uh, you know, topic across the United States, across the world. Uh, you know, everybody uh, is talking about electric vehicles and then how are you gonna charge them? How is the grid going to handle the charging? You know, and so with all of those things circling around, uh, there's bound to be some misinformation or, you know, I hesitate to say fake news out there. Um, so what I guess one question I can ask you, what is probably one of the most typical things that someone asks you uh, about, um, you know, electric vehicles, electric charging? That's a, a misconception. People ask all the time about range and range anxiety is the number one reason people are not buying into EV. Mm -hmm. uh, average range of uh, most vehicles is around 300 miles now. There are less, there are more, depending on uh, the brand and the model that you choose. Uh, but you know, the range anxiety is more about anxiety than about range. Uh, you know, as as uh, as we look to the future, most people drive 28 miles uh, a day on mm -hmm. average. If you look at that, so 28 miles, and you're talking, you know, in large part, 300 miles of range. Uh, you really have to try, you would really have to try to run out of battery uh, under that scenario. If you look at the numbers, um, this program that 
that I'm able to be out promoting is a ratepayer funded program. So all of us as customers of utilities that are regulated in New York State are paying into this EV charging infrastructure incentive. And right now it's available primarily for business customers to put in EV charging. Um, but eventually, and uh, later this year, National Grid will have a residential incentive for our customers to enroll in subscriptions um, to basically save on the cost of electricity that will power those vehicles during off-peak hours. So most people in the future are going to have a, a level two charging station in their garage. That's an overnight speed, six to eight hour window. Whenever you need to plug in, you plug in. I, I drive an EV and I only plug in about four sessions, maybe five sessions per month. Mm -hmm. uh, and the cost of my electricity bill has gone up about $30. So I like to tell people it's a dollar a day to charge. I'm rolling out of my garage mm -hmm. with plenty of miles for wherever I'm needing to go. If I'm planning a road trip, I'm going to do a little extra than maybe most people. I'm going to look at my vehicle. I'm going to plug in exactly where I'm headed. And mm -hmm. my vehicle is going to tell me along that path where there are fast chargers. And if I pull into one of those fast chargers, I'm gonna pay somewhere between 12 and $18 to fully charge my battery, get back on the road in about 20 to 30 minutes. So it's uh, it's really not that great of a uh, of a mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. I just think people, you know, they need to see it to believe it. They need to experience it. And, you know, that that is going to uh, also help them feel comfortable when they can talk to people like me that's been there, done that, and, and any other drivers out there. The driver community yeah. is very active and they tend to travel in packs. There's lots of meetup groups and driver clubs and they get together. And um, so we're out there, you know, amplifying the opportunity and really talking about how great it is to be an owner. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, I know that there is a lot of people that have those questions about like, so I, I sort of, if I go to work, I'm in a hybrid situation. So if I go to work, it's sort of double that average, you know, but I only go, you know, two or three times a week, depending on what I got, got to do. So, you know, that's the anxiety a little bit for, for me. The other anxiety I think is more on the, you know, um, I have not really been in an electric vehicle. I've not tested out. I've not tried it. Um, I don't know what ones are available, all those types of, of things, because, you know, we have the chip shortage, we have all these other things going on. And I do know, because you've invited me to at least one of them, you guys have events around, um, you know, EV vehicles and giving people the opportunity to kind of test them out. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, the best way to learn is have that tactile experience. And so National Grid has collaborated with the Buffalo Niagara Medical Campus and also the Niagara Frontier Automotive Dealers Association and many other organizations have come together, the Sierra Club of Western New York, to put, to put on an event that we call Electrify Buffalo. We do that every fall. That's our biggest event. Uh, we bring about three, three to 400 people out to the Buffalo Niagara Medical Campus where they have a lot of charging, um, it's charging stations. And then we uh, engage the driver club and the driver community we invite them to come out so they can do show and tells. So there's uh, there, every year, well, this is now, it'll, 2023 will be the third year. Mm -hmm. um, we, we kicked this off kind of as a, as a real baby idea that just swelled into a great event. September of 2021 was our first year. And then last year grew a little bit more, had more vendors. Um, we, we bring in um, those drivers, as I said, usually about 25 to 30 drivers will pull in all different makes and models. 
Uh, and then we have the NF NFADA with uh, a lot of the dealers that are selling those electric vehicles um, that are giving people test drives. And then every other kind of clean uh, transportation modality uh, is there. We Last year, uh, we had e-bikes, we had e-scooters. We also had someone who built an e-couch. <laughs> it was basically a couch that was on a platform that, that was motorized uh, by an electric battery. So uh, we just had a great time out there, food trucks and what have you. So that's happening every uh, September during National Drive Electric Week. So Buffalo is on the map for that. I know last year we were, I think, the second or third largest Drive Electric Week event in New York State. And this year we hope to be the largest. So if, uh, if you're interested, curious, it's a great way to have that, you know, personal engagement with a vehicle. And, uh, you know, sometimes inventory can be low on the dealer lots. It's, it may be difficult to find one to test drive. Um, but if you have a friend or a family member, definitely hit them up and, and then come out to our event as well. So in addition to those National Drive Electric Week events, I am out in the community um, engaging with the Chambers of Commerce, talking with the business associations that are uh, specific to different industries, whether they be uh, you know, manufacturing, travel, tourism, logistics. Um, our region you know, lives and dies by visitors. And one of my key target segments this year for 2023 is the hotel community and any of those travel tourism venues um, to really make sure that we have accommodations for people that are coming into Western New York uh, by way of their electric vehicle. And there's nothing more aggravating as a driver, I'll take my national grid hat off, but there's nothing more <laughs> aggravating than to be traveling for play or for business and needing to find a hotel with charging and having, uh, having a hard time doing that. Um, and right. I will choose a hotel on that basis. So it's, um, it's definitely a market that's coming around. We're also very busy um, installing EV charging for the automotive dealerships. As right. you can imagine, in order to get that inventory delivered to them, their manufacturer has certain requirements for charging during certain timeframes. So we're, we're racing with them to make that possible and to also help shave off the cost of putting in the infrastructure. So if I, if I may, Nick, I'd like to just talk a little bit, you know, bit of business here too. Sure, go so ahead. As I said, this is a, uh, this is the second largest EV program behind the state of California, New York state. And this program that I am implementing for national grid is called the make ready program. And it's just that we're making the infrastructure ready to support the future of clean transportation and the clean climate goals of New York state as one of six regulated utilities, electric utilities. So National Grid, uh, along with five other electric utilities, was ordered by the New York State Department of Public Service to make available this incentive, uh, again, funded through ratepayer dollars. This order came out um, that authorized that funding in July of 2020. In sum, statewide, all six utilities, over $700 million for the explicit purpose of putting in 50,000 charging ports statewide. So National Grid's portion of that larger pot is 143 million mm -hmm. for 16,000 ports. Um, in addition to that infrastructure, we're also incentivizing fleet operators, whether they be light duty fleets, like uh, you know, your, your local uh, municipal uh, that has trucks, right? They're out in the right. street, they're collecting water bills, what have you, trucks or small, even small, uh, uh, you know, four-door sedans. 
uh, police vehicles that are converting to electric. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the way up to these media, these medium heavy duty uh, tra- tractor truck trailers, you know, that are out on, on the roads. Uh, so over the next um, 10 years, we will be hustling with our customer to enable that transition, to advise them with uh, funding options that are stackable with national grids incentives for infrastructure. And then as we learn about their projects early on, and we always encourage our customers to talk to us early and often as they're in the planning stages, because as you said earlier, we need to make sure that our grid is able to accommodate the load that they anticipate uh, putting on it in the future. And these projects, these large scale infrastructure projects can oftentimes take two to five to eight years. And we, we need to know about those projects now so that we can sprint together with our customer to support their businesses and support their needs. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of information there that you're sharing and a lot to unpack. And, you know, one of the things that I was also thinking is like with, with such a monumental task, how do you, how do you keep on top of it all? <laughs> I take my vitamin. Uh, no, I, I am I am very inspired by the overarching mission that is very, very community focused. And we know that transportation is the largest uh, sector of greenhouse gas emissions in the Northeast. It accounts for 40% of carbon emissions. So if we can help to get dirty vehicles off the road, mm-hmm. uh, we can also impact the health and 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 the outcomes long-term for our communities, for our children, and also for particularly for our neighborhoods in need, as we recognize transportation emissions often disproportionately impact those lower income communities. And yet the benefits of clean air would accrue to all of community. So um, my heart is really in the place of thinking about our most vulnerable customers uh, prior to my role with National Grid, I came from Michigan, where I administered uh, low-income payment assistance and energy efficiency programs for one of the largest gas and electric utilities in the state. And so from that place of, of really caring and really seeing impact happen at that community level is where, I, is where I come from and what gets me up every day. Yeah, that's great. And that was another reason I, I definitely wanted to have you on the show, because I remember how heart, uh, how big your heart was and is, um, and some of these things you had mentioned to me in the past of what you've done and, you know, kind of, you know, um, I think it's it's important that we don't forget some of the uh, the people that might have already have trouble with access to transportation. Um, and I know that there some of the things that New York State is doing and Buffalo is doing is looking into, you know, green transportation for buses and trains and all, all forms of communication. Um, and to circle back a little bit, we were talking about misconceptions. And one of the things that you said, you know, it's like a dollar a day for you to, you know, charge your your vehicle. And, and it's mm-hmm. even less sometimes if you're like, you know, in my case, I we got solar panels put in. Mm-hmm. So we're, we have green energy being, you know, accrued every day um well mostly every day every every sunny day uh and you know in a, in a way that's even charging us less right for for charging our vehicle but to kind of also talk to like one of the other misconceptions that I've at least I think it's a misconception you can you can tell me if it's, if I'm on track or not is there's a lot of talk about how we're just sort of replacing one evil with another, right? So electric vehicles are coming in, they're burning clean, but then we have to have 
you know, the the coal uh, power plants and all that other stuff um, increase in order to handle the, you know, the electricity that's needed to charge. So can you talk a little, maybe a little bit about that? Because I know that is a big thing that like I've had tons of people talk to me about. Sure. It's a tough topic uh, in our industry. You know, we, we are uh, aligned with our customers. We are thinking about their costs. You know, affordability is a huge question. Uh, and is something that concerns us uh, as we are all, you know, paying our taxes and we're thinking about these goals of New York State and, and we're excited to support them. We also recognize that the cost of this clean energy transition will be immense. And currently, as you said, the load of generation, 40% of New York State's load comes from natural gas power plants, natural gas fired power plants. And as uh, you know, the New York State looks at electrifying everything uh, from our buildings, you know, to our stoves and uh, some of these mandates uh, around vehicles, um, school buses, that's another mandate um, that maybe some of your listening audience is not aware of. By 2027, New York State school districts and school bus operators will no longer be able to purchase diesel powered buses. So there will only be electric vehicle busing that's sold. And by 2035, all busing must be electric. Um, similarly, with uh, passenger vehicles by 2035, those mm -hmm. passenger vehicles on New York, New York State highways and byways are going to need to be all electric. So it's a it's a it's a big um, cost that we're looking at, and how do we make sure that that doesn't prevent economic development and growth and business opportunities and jobs? Um, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of discussion between the utilities and also New York State uh, and our regulator to think through and be very um, wise about decisions and get a lot of community feedback. So uh, they've been uh, out in the community. We've been supporting hearings on uh, what's called the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, mm -hmm. um, which was just approved by a, uh, by a group of experts. And so that is gonna be sort of one of the guiding uh, documents that will, uh, help to shape the future and do that in a way that can be affordable um, and also uh, balanced. Mm -hmm. So we can't do this overnight. We certainly, uh, if everybody tomorrow decided I'm gonna buy an electric vehicle, everybody could afford an electric vehicle and put charging in their garage, uh, we would not be able to manage that load. Mm -hmm. But this is a journey. Um, it is something that we are taking on uh, with every bit of, uh, you know, enthusiasm and uh, obviously being sure that we can mitigate costs through this program that, that I'm implementing and many other um, incentive programs in the energy efficiency space that, as we know, over time, those incentives will diminish. They are intended to animate the market. And so when I'm out in the community, I like to talk about the timeline. Um, this funding, this $143 million that I mentioned earlier, at this point is, is set to expire by year end 2025. Mm -hmm. So that's less than two years away. And towards our goal, we're, we're at about 3000 ports. So we've got a long way to go. Um, we're looking to work with any size business, large or small. And, and at this time, there are, there are no specific siting criteria. So you could be a small dance studio in the middle of nowhere and decide to put one in or you could be a very large uh, you know, distribution logistics company that has you know, hundreds and hundreds of fleet that wants to put in charging to support uh, deliveries. So there's, there's uh, the full scale 
of uh, a variety and it's exciting to be a part of that. Yeah, no, I it sounds it. Go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it sounds really exciting and um, I'm going to let you continue your thought though, because I don't want you to get off it. So, well, I just wanted to talk a little bit as well about the driver experience. Yeah, you I was going to ask about your car. Like, I know you have one. So like, what do you got? What are you driving? And I what's do. that experience I like? I love, I love my Mustang Mach, uh, Mach-E. Uh, <laughs> I've had it now for just over a year. Um, I have a, gra- a, a charger in my garage. Um, you know, the, the price of vehicles is, uh, is, it's something that not everybody can afford. So I would say, first of all, I'm very blessed to be able to have an electric vehicle and understand and sort of walk the talk so that I can share and, and have this, um, personal experience and be able to talk to my customer about it. Mm -hmm. But I will say, uh, there, the prices of EVs are coming down dramatically, uh, as well, the battery technology is improving, so you're getting longer ranges. The charging infrastructure, uh, again, which is the reason people don't buy in, I can't see a charger, I'm afraid I'm going to run out of battery, et cetera. Those uh, chargers are going in the ground by way of incentives like national grids and others. Um, and then I wanted to talk too about the total cost of ownership. So yes, the sticker price is what it is, but over the life of the vehicle, when you think about avoiding oil changes, you're Mm -hmm. avoiding any type of engine issues, you're avoiding a timing belt. Um, I I also love the feature on my Mustang, my EV, that I can turn on what's called one pedal driving. Mm -hmm. So with that, you basically drive, um, it's like a golf cart. You know, when you Mm -hmm. pick your foot off the accelerator, the car just crawls to a nice balanced stop. And that uh, eliminates the need to use your brakes mm-hmm. because the car is slowing itself. And while it is slowing itself, it's Charging. also generating, regenerating your battery. So that is, um, was, was one feature initially I was like, oh, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I can, <laughs> but I turned it on and within, and within a number of hours, I was, I was in love with it and sure. it saves on the life of your brakes. So you may not have to replace your brakes as often. Um, and also I would, I would like to share as well. It's so safe. These vehicles in most cases, and my vehicle has it's the batteries line, the base of the vehicle. So Mm -hmm. the balanced weight enables it to really hug the ground in all kinds of elements. So in our Western New York weather, I feel very safe, um, in, in snow and rain. Uh, and I've never, I've never had an issue. Um, from that standpoint. I will also say because of those safety features in the vehicle, the fact that it's not, you know, imbalanced, it's not going to spin. It has a lot, and most of these vehicles now are coming with cameras, um, you know, so lots and lots of bells and whistles to keep you safe. My insurance cost was was, uh, reduced 30%. I was shocked. I went from a Subaru Outback Again, very good car in the snow, highly very rated, safe. family car. Uh, and I was able to save 30% on my insurance con- uh, as I moved to a red, I have a red Mustang, mm-hmm. which they always say insurance costs are higher. A red sports car, 30% less the cost of right. insurance than my Outback. So um, again, these things were really surprising to me. And you know that may not be the case for everybody, but I think that um, it's definitely worth some investigation the other thing that I'd mention is that the federal tax incentive on the purchase of all electric vehicles 
um, opened up to uh, higher MSRP than what had been um, that, than what had been anticipated as of J January 2023. So there are many more vehicles that will qualify now for that full $7,500 federal tax credit. So make sure you check out if you're if you're shopping the market. Make sure that the vehicles that you're looking at would qualify. And then um, and talk to your tax professional in the year of purchase and make sure that you can take advantage of that. There's also a New York State rebate that's um, it's a, taken off at the dealership. So it's a it's a point of, of um, sale rebate and it comes right off the price. Um, it ranges between five hundred and two thousand dollars, again, depending on certain eligibility criteria. So yeah. check that out. Yeah. yeah and definitely. then as well. When you put a charger in your garage, that's considered uh, as well for, uh, for a New York state and a federal tax incentive. So I will, be, um, I will be claiming that this year, I put in a charger in my garage and uh, the actual station itself was 600 bucks. The install was 500. So the installation contractor had to run a 240 outlet from my box up through my crawl space into the garage and from there, just plug in the charger and hang it on the wall. Um, so $1,100 for that uh, installation, all in, and I get to claim it for 30% of that price uh, in, in a tax liability forgiveness. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of ways that you can save, um, not yeah. just the vehicle itself, but the purchase, the install and everything uh, in the charging to go along. You should be a car dealer too, because like you're, you're selling me on a car right now. So, um, I, and I, and I want to say also being, you know, in some of the positions that I've been in, in higher ed and, you know, sustainability being such a big thing and, and science, um, students talk to me about what they're working on. The other thing that I think people kind of forget, and it, it's not going to move as fast as some of the things that you're talking about implementing, but the technology is changing as we're going forward. So, you know, solar panels on cars are not unheard of as another way to charge as it's going forward, um, making, you know, some of those meters not obsolete, but like, you know, less of a necessity on trips when you park in a very shiny spot in, in the mall for your breast break or whatever on a long trip, you're charging your car. Um, you know, things like that. I know students have been talking about, you know, interchangeable batteries like they have on, um, the little mo mopeds in, in some of the countries mm -hmm. now. I know that's still something that's we're quite a ways away from because it's all like built within the car, like you're saying, like your Mustang is all on the floor. So like you're not going to really change batteries out. But different types of charging stations and things are being developed. I wouldn't be surprised if that will ease off of the electrical um you know, mainframe as well. So sure. just, just a to answer of... those haters a little bit more, because I know I, yeah. I've heard so many things about, well, you, we're never going to be able to sustain this on, on the grid. That's because it's not all going to be on the grid as we move forward. Well, you think about the different forms of generation. Uh, you know, you have, you have wind, you have solar, um, you have hydro, you have mm -hmm. nuclear, you have natural gas generation. Um, but then battery storage is, it's not a form of generation, but it is a form of grid reliability. And if you have these times of great production, you can store the energy in the batteries and cars are just a small battery. And as you probably have seen, and you know, many of your audience has probably seen the Ford Lightning is one of the first vehicles that has that ability to basically share energy with the home. Yeah. 
So it's a vehicle to grid relationship. Mm -hmm. And now your car could potentially power your house during an outage. And so this, this sort of interchange is going to accelerate um, you know, the production of that type of technology, because everybody's going to want that. Sure. It's like a mini generator, you know, mini generator in your garage. And then also it's going to enable national grid to manage load. And mm -hmm. you think about large scale fleets like school buses, this is a perfect use case. So a school bus in the summer is just sitting there, mm -hmm. not in production, but this is a time when national grid has peak challenges. People are running their air conditioners. So at that time, if there is uh, opportunity to draw from those buses and support other needs of the grid, we would incentivize those school districts by paying them to borrow that, to borrow yeah. that battery. So it's a, it's, it's a potential income stream for them. So I think, you know, our, we're in sort of this VCR stage of the clean energy transition. So we're you know, it's, it's a tough thing for some to imagine, but I do think, as you said, there's so much innovation happening every day. Mm -hmm. And thanks to, you know, the, the uh, university community, academia, thanks to, uh, you know, a lot of developments um, of, uh, of startups, you yeah. know, we see that here in Buffalo uh, and, and, uh, and really exciting opportunities for the entire marketplace to benefit. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And um, there's a lot of exciting things that are going to be happening, you know, in Buffalo and New York State and, and everywhere in the future in result. And like, I'm blessed to kind of live in a spot where we have some good sun, I can use solar panels, I also have a stream, I also have great wind. So like, I could do all three, you know. <laughs> Um, so bringing that energy, uh, in and, and saving maybe a little money or even making some money like you're, you're suggesting. So I think mm -hmm. that those are all great things to kind of look forward to in the future. And, you know, I got to get myself out to one of your events to, to, to better see some of the options. Maybe I'll just stop by for a, a quick spin in the, in the Mustang. If you, if you'll yeah. have me, that's cool. Um, Absolutely. so, but, um, Okay, now's the kind of the part of the episode where that big stumper question comes in. Like, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to share? Uh, I want to give you the opportunity to kind of share everything. Um, and while you're thinking on that, we can do some uh, kind of fun questions to learn more about Whitney. So maybe, yeah. uh, maybe someone that has inspired you over the years, you know, living, living or dead or a relative or whatever, who's, who do you find as an inspiration? I am inspired by my late mother every day. Um, she was uh, someone who always showed up shiny. And I think that she saw a potential in things that would otherwise have been discarded, whether that was um, out, you know, picking antiques or meeting people in, the, in a public space. Anywhere she went, she was radiant. And um, she was someone that felt instead of thought, you know, she was always sort of intuiting what people needed. And I, I think that, you know, that's, that's the, the posture that I always want to take in the world. We never know what someone's going through. We never know when just a smile or a, a very simple compliment might save a life. And so that's something that I, I think about daily and it inspires me to do good in the world and inspires me to live with with a calling 
and mm -hmm. and really to honor her memory and to honor the faith uh, that that she held so dearly and is so dear to me as well. So thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. I mean that sounds just beautiful and you know those ty types of people are, are a bright spot in the world right they can just smile through everything and be that supportive uh, nature i'm sure you miss her so much and mm -hmm. i'm glad that you're living on that legacy through you know and honoring her memory in that way that's that's amazing um so another question really quickly maybe when you were growing up like what was what was your dream job or what did you want to be when you grew up Oh, wow. That's, that's a great question. So I guess I wanted to uh, be an adventurer. And initially in my studies, I intended to pursue a career overseas, um, working with non-governmental organizations, coordinating humanitarian relief and working on economic development in that international realm. Uh, and I, and I sort of uh, launched into a career in that space. I, I spent three years living in the Middle East and working with uh, communities that were uh, suffering the consequences of conflict. Um, I was uh, in, the, in Israel and in Jordan, mm -hmm. and I had, a, a, I had quite an incredible experience. It was not easy um, and came home sort of feeling a little disillusioned, like, did I make, did I make any difference at all? Um, I was not able to stay. I was in the process of studying Arabic, and I, but I was not able to stay due to um, the war that was just about to uh, start in Iraq, uh, mm -hmm. the second Gulf War. And so I came home and you know, I, I had uh, a little bit of time to think about what I would do next. Uh, and just so happened to find an opportunity. I had no idea when I read this listing, uh, it was a utility program manager for the Salvation Army. I had mm -hmm. no idea what this meant. And I remember calling up and saying, Okay, I know the Salvation Army does thrift stores. I guess you guys do some interesting work, but what is this all about? And so I ended up managing their heating assistance uh, grant portfolio, mm -hmm. about $6 million a year, distributed through 58 core community centers statewide, mm -hmm. writing those grants, bringing in those dollars, and then making sure they were distributed to communities in need. Um, and growing that funding, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the team that grew that funding to $10 million a year in my five years there um, by way of new relationships with utility companies saying, hey, look, here's the number of dollars that we're bringing onto your customer bill to ensure that they are safe and, and they don't suffer the consequences of disconnection. And so they were, uh, the utilities in Michigan were very generous and said, okay, well, we, we want to do more. Can we help you more? And I said, by all means. So we created programs with utilities and we continued to develop those. And uh, five years later, I had an opportunity to join the industry side. One of my peers mm -hmm. in the utility space was retiring and she said, why don't you come over? So um, it's been a meandering journey, Nick, uh, but, yeah. but through, through it all, there's that common thread of just living according to mission and you know, every day, just thinking about how I can impact um, not only funding, not only resourcing, um, but really relationships, building those, and creating um, creating this sort of uh, unification of of, uh, of of the beauty of braiding relationships. So as I meet one person, get to know them, another, and then, and I know you're you're a relationship guru too. You're always kind of <laughs> How yeah, can how I can connect? we connect? Oh, yep. Yeah. 
how can I how can I bridge a divide? How can I find a need and pair it with somebody that can meet that need? So yeah. you know you're kind of behind the scenes, um, but but you're always thinking and and feeling that motivation of of the the impact that you're creating. Well, yeah, thank you so much for that. First of all, for for acknowledging that I think that's great and it's working, right? And also, yeah, I, I can't can't think of. <laughs> I can't think of a space where you wouldn't have been making an impact, you know? So when you say in the Middle East, you're, you were kind of looking to, th- you weren't sure if you did, I'm sure you did. You know, mm-hmm. when you think about like, you know, I, again, I've been higher ed and my, my wife's a teacher and, and having those students like out of the blue sometimes come back and just say, hey, you were there for me when I needed it. You didn't know it, but this was happening. And if, if it weren't for you, I don't know where I'd be. The, those are the moments that you probably had so much impact, you just didn't know. And knowing you um, the way that I know you and, and all the things that you've 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 done and, and you've talked about here, I, I can't imagine that you didn't make a significant impact over there. And um, I'm sure you did. And it sounds like a whole other podcast episode that we could have talking about <laughs> some of these things that I did not know about you. So I think that that is quite amazing. Um, and you are an adventurer. You're just a different type of an adventurer. And you did some of the things yeah. along the way, like as you meander, right? Um, right. So. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta take, take some risks in life. Um, if, if it seems like it's too hard for you, don't let that scare you. I had mm-hmm. a, a friend tell me if 60% of a new job, uh, if you can do 60% of a new job, do it. 40% sure. is going to scare the hell out of you. Go <laughs> for it because yeah. you're going to grow and you only grow, you only change, you only truly transform when you have those challenges in life. And back to my mom, just real quick, kind yeah. of drawn the circle here. Uh, you know, I've, I, I've told many people and I feel this every day that in some ways her early passing, though it was, you know, the, the hardest thing I ever had to endure. Sure. It was also the greatest gift that God gave me because she never put anything in the someday bucket. It was mm-hmm. always today is the day and I'm going to live it with all of my zest, all of, all of my, my courage. And so when she passed, she helped me see my life in reverse and say, mm-hmm. okay, what is happening today and how can I accelerate happiness in the future? And so that's really what prompted the move to Western New York. Um, I had vacationed in this area in Niagara-on-the-Lake for many years mm-hmm. and, and just loved it, happy place, living a great life in Michigan, a great career, but also feeling like there's something more. I got to yeah. figure out what that is. And, and so um, came to Western New York uh, again, really with no roots here, no family, no friends, and, and have, have made it um, by way of so many dear people in this community. This is um, one of the very best gems in the nation. I, I love the Buffalo community. I live up in Lewiston, so I, I, you know, I, I will grow that to a, a much larger um, region of Western New York, but the people here are great. Uh, and I've, I've only ever felt so much love and so much encouragement. And really, like you said, the connection points, people, they would meet mm-hmm. me and say, okay, what is it that you need? And then, you know, follow through on that. Not just sure. say, not just say, but actually deliver upon it. Well, Michigan's loss is our gain for sure. I'm <laughs> super, super excited that you came out you. this way. Cause like you are doing some great work and terrific work in what you're doing here. So Thanks kind of so circle much. back to that question too. Like, is there anything else mm-hmm. you wanted to talk about? I think we covered a lot and, and it's okay if there's nothing else, but I just want to give you that opportunity before we close out. Yeah, I guess I just want to say that the projections back to EVs and EV mm-hmm. adoption projections 
are that people in this country, 20% of people by 2030 are going to be driving EVs. Mm-hmm. 20% by 2030. I think that's actually very undercounted. I yeah. think that we're going to see many more. Um, as we know, and data is um, proving out, the sales of EVs is doubling year mm-hmm. on year. So from 2020 to 2021, it doubled. 2021 to 2022, last year, it was it represented 4% of new, new car sales. Yeah. So I, I think it's, um, you know, this country... You know, everybody's kind of like, well, what's the newest shiniest toy? You know, I want to sure. try it out. So if you're if you're curious, um, would love to talk, uh, talk shop, would love to help um, get get you there by way of an event. Come on out. Um, we have lots and lots of things going on throughout the year. And also, you know, talk to drivers and mm-hmm. and investigate um, investigate their experience as well. So thank you, Nick, for this time. It's been really, really fun. And for your persistence, making it happen after (laughs) a few, a few times needing to reschedule. But, um, you know, I, I appreciate you and everything that you're doing to support, uh, the community in, in your area and also to help to connect, um, great ideas with great people. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing all that you have shared with us. Our guests can connect with you. We'll have all of your you know, social media and contact information in the show notes. I urge you to do exactly what Whitney says, um, you know, research and take a look into, you know, what's available to you and how it might best fit your lifestyle, right? Because I think there is an EV vehicle for everybody right now. Uh, you may have to wait a little bit to get it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the one I was looking at was was sold out for the entire <laughs> year. And it's, they're like, well, we're not taking orders anymore. It's sold out so much. So um, I think that you might run into that a little bit, but be persistent. Because if you, if it, like you said, like the shiny new toy sometimes in America and the United States is, is something that everybody wants. And I think that this is something in the right direction for everyone. So thank you, Whitney, for being You're a terrific welcome. Guest. And if you want to check out where the charging stations are, this is another one final sure. final little uh, tidbit if I can yeah. throw it in. Yeah, of course. Um, check out Plug Share. Plug Share, one word, mm-hmm. plugshare.com. Um, or you can download the app and it will tell you. You can cruise in on addresses specifically or areas and it tells you how many charging stations, what kinds of charging stations. You can zoom in on one particular location. It'll tell you uh, what the price of those stations are. It'll also maybe include some user feedback. So users that are on there can Mm -hmm. say, okay, well, this one is such and such speed or this one is such and such doesn't work, you know, so you can kind of make sure that you have reliability when you show up. So check that out. Uh, And many of those stations, um, thankfully, are by way of national grid customers that said, yes, I want to participate in your program and take some of those dollars off your hands. So if you are a business customer and you're interested in the opportunities, we will fund up to 100% of the cost of infrastructure to put the chargers in. So it's really generous. Um, it's It may be a lot cheaper than what you might imagine. And there's no cost to investigate. There's no cost yeah. to talk to us. So I look forward to connecting and thank you once again, Nick. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm your host, Nick Colziel. This was, that sounds terrific. And joining me today was Whitney Skeens. 
Thank you for joining us in another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Don't forget to check out the show notes and our website at thatsoundsterrific.com to find the contact information and the best ways to volunteer with the organizations that we feature. If you know someone that is doing terrific things and think they should be featured in a future episode, be sure to email us their name, contact info, and short description of what they're doing at thatsoundsterrific at gmail.com. If you like our show, give us a five-star rating and give us some social media love by liking our Facebook page, That Sounds Terrific. Follow us on Twitter at Sounds Terrific 2 and Instagram at Sounds Terrific. We love hearing your feedback on how to make our show sound even more terrific. Till next time.